0: be in Luke chapter 17 this morning, if you will turn to Luke chapter 17, Um, you may see some people moving back and forth on this side, don't let it pay you, don't let them, don't pay no attention, they're just trying to uh, get y'all cooled down, alright, I don't want nobody melting in here, y'all with me, huh, Um, so it's been good, I'm thankful that God, um, that air conditioner is a great, great talking point right now, it's because when I got here this morning, it wasn't working. I was like, Lord, we prayed over that thing this morning. I prayed over it all last night because it wasn't working last night. I prayed over it this morning. Started to think that God was going to just let us understand what hell really felt like for a little while. But thank God he blessed us with letting us have some cool breeze. That's an awesome testimony to how God answers prayers. But um, any any of you are familiar with the 412 plan that we're doing? It's a reading plan that we're reading through, um, and it's on our Connection Church app. I'd love for you guys to be on that and, and read through this with us. From now to the end of the year, every sermon that we're going to preach every Sunday is going to come through what you have read the following week. And so that way we can just stay in God's Word together, and, uh, and we're going to tr- preach through the rest of the Bible um, from Luke to Revelation together. It should be very fun to preach um, Revelation at Christmas. <laughs> but we're going to do it. So uh, anyway, um, Luke chapter 17. Verse 11, that's where we're going to start. Scripture says, Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into the village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. We have saw, When he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priest. And as they went on their way, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at the feet of Jesus and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus asked, "Where Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except for this foreigner. Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. And then the scripture does something cool, how it breaks down into verse 20. It says, once on being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus replied, the kingdom of God, It's not something that can be obtained, observed, I'm sorry. It's not something that can be observed, nor will people say here it is or there it is because the kingdom of God is in your midst. And I love how Scripture, how God orchestrated Scripture, how everything ties together. And so you're talking about ten lepers that were healed, one that came back and praised God, nine that didn't, and then you go right on into the Pharisees, saying, what is the kingdom of God? And, you know, I don't think you can understand the stance of the lepers until you first understand what the kingdom of God is. Y'all with me? And so um, I think, I want to ask you a question. What is the kingdom of God? You know, some people, when you ask them what the kingdom of God is, they're thinking of of, of heaven. They're thinking of of when Jesus returns, they're thinking of all these different things. But Jesus says, the, "the kingdom of God is in your midst." You know, when I think about the kingdom of God, like I go all the way to the beginning. I go to Genesis chapter two, and I start thinking about Adam and Eve and the garden with God. Man, did you have y'all ever thought about that much? I know I, I think about it a lot. How awesome would it be for it to be in God's word that Jeremy or that or that Liz, or that Mark, or whoever in this room, was walking with the Lord through the cool of the day. Man, that's awesome, right? It says Adam Adam and Eve, they were walking with God. They were in God's presence every single day. I mean, I I fantasize thinking, what would it even feel like, man, to be hearing God coming? you have thought about that? Maybe I'm just being maybe I'm just a Bible nerd. Maybe I just, you know, I don't know, but I I just I love that. I, I get jacked up thinking about that. And see, that's what the kingdom of God is. You're in the presence of God. The kingdom is not there. The kingdom is here when you're a child of God, when you've been set free, when you're filled with the spirit of the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you, you have the kingdom within you. When you're walking with the spirit of God, you are right there in the middle of the kingdom of God because It's not something that we can grasp, it's something that He gives us, amen? And so these people, these Pharisees were looking for something that they could have. They were looking for a a ruler. They were looking for something that that could make them have a high position instead of humbling themselves and walking with God. Everything, see, everything in, in the garden was an act of worship. Everything they did because they were with God, right? Their work was an act of worship. The, the, every, the, everything they ate, everything they did, the way they loved, everything was an act of worship. That When you are walking in unity with Christ, everything you do becomes to be an act of worship. You're not doing these things because it's religion or you're not doing these things because of this or because you're expected. You're doing them because you're walking with God and you want to please Him. Amen? That's what being in the kingdom of God is. And that started in Genesis chapter 2. Without, we jack things up, don't we? Huh? Am I the only one that can jack something up? Man, I can jack something up in a heartbeat. We jack things up. And see, the fall, when Adam and Eve thought that, that being like God, be, being, being equal to God was something to be grasped, they began to decide, hey, I can decide for myself what's right and wrong. I can decide for myself what's best for my life. And this, instead of walking and being satisfied walking in the kingdom of God, they wanted to create their own kingdom. A lot of us do that in our decisions every single day. And so the fall kind of messed it up for us. From from that moment on, people were always separated from God. From that moment on, they got kicked out of the garden. They were no longer walking with God anymore. There were certain men and women in the Bible that God would walk with, that God was using to redeem His people back to Himself. But from when the fall started, all the way through, the whole plan of the Bible is getting us back to where we're having a fellowship and we're walking with Christ, right? It's all about getting back to the garden, in a sense. Y'all, y'all with me? I'm going to crank the airway up. Y'all better be with me. Everybody, amen. Let me know you awake. But the whole plan is getting us back to a place of wholeness. And we're not whole unless we are walking in unity with Christ. And so... You think about the kingdom. I, th- I think about Moses and Joshua and and all the and Joseph. All they they desperately, they desperately were desiring to be in the kingdom, like to to experience it even more. All they had were these glimpses of it. All they had were these glimpses of it. me. Me and Ben were talking the other day, and he was talking about how how Moses. You know how. He was led by a cloud. He was led by the, by the presence of God and how, how awesome that was, but yet it was only just glimpses of it. He didn't get to stay with in the presence of God. He didn't get to stay in the kingdom of God all the time. He didn't get to have communion with God all the time because how sin separates us. The entire Old Testament, God's showing his people how empty life is without him. The Whole entire time, and, and we look at. I know we read about people in the Old Testament, and like, Man, those people. I mean, I thought I was dumb, them people were dumb. You know, how, 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 how do they keep making the same mistakes over and over? How do they keep doing that? Jesus was right in front of them, God was right in front of them. How did they make those mistakes? And then, if I start putting their taking my name and putting it in that place, I realize I've made the same exact mistakes they make. Because I take my eyes off the prize, and I put, the, I, I put it on me and my circumstances. I take my eyes off the prize, and I, and I look at, it, at how I feel. I take my eyes off the prize, and it's all about what makes me feel happy and, and what, what promotes me instead of what promotes Christ. And in what essence, of what I do is say, God, I don't want your kingdom. I want my own kingdom. I want people to praise me and not praise you. That's what happens when we are not focused on the kingdom of God. See, the Pharisees, they were asking Jesus when the kingdom would come. They never realized it had already had arrived. It had already had arrived. See, the kingdom of God is not like anything earthly that we can see. There's no boundaries to it. We can't can't physically see where where it is. See, it's the work of God's spirit in his people. That's the kingdom. It's in the lives of his people and with relationships. How we love God and how we love other people shows the world around us that we have the kingdom of God inside of us because you can't love people the way God's commanded you to love people if you're not walking with God. Amen? And a lot of us, we say, well, you know, we, we give the excuse of why we don't love other people because they're hard to love. Let me, let me back up a little bit. Maybe you need more, more, more of the Holy Spirit inside of you to help you love them more. Amen? But yet we, 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 we say, oh, I just... I just can't stand that. I can't. You need to quit complaining about how you can't love them. That should be a litmus test of how much you don't love Jesus. Because if you backed up and said, "Oh God, I need you more to love them more," you would take the focus off of their insecurities, their insufficiencies, and put it back on you and what you need to be with Christ. Amen. I see right now I shouldn't have took off. Y'all ain't ready for this. See that we have to resist the thing. We we look at. We look at programs. We look at church buildings. We look at all these different things, and we think, that's the kingdom of God. And we've got to quit looking at buildings. We've got to quit looking at at all these these different programs because, let me tell you, if you ride around, most of these buildings that's been built, guess what? They're the same size they were 40 years ago. They're the same exact thing they were 40 years ago. If the people aren't focused on the kingdom of God, the buildings aren't going to grow. Nothing's going to change. Amen? Amen we got to quit looking at buildings as the church and realize that we are the church. We are the body of Christ. And if we are growing into likeness, if we are pursuing Christ, God's going to do amazing things. He's going to blow the roof off this place. He's going he's gonna to do amazing things. But if we're steady focused on me and my problems and all this stuff, instead of looking to Christ and realizing that I, if I'm walking with the Holy Spirit, I am the kingdom of God is inside of me, and I am a vessel to show the world the kingdom of God, guess what happens? It takes the focus off of me and it puts it on Christ, and I'm doing things that I never thought I could do before. I'm showing the gospel. I'm witnessing the people. I'm telling them the good news of Christ. I see somebody sick, and I'm not worried that somebody thinks I'm a, I'm a crazy kook. I'm going to pray over them. I'm going to lay my hands on them. You know what I'm saying? Because I realize that I'm a vessel of the kingdom of God. But until we take our eyes off of ourselves and put them on Christ, we will continue to walk through this dead thing called religion. We will continue to walk in this deadness and wonder why I don't feel any presence. Why come I feel so drained? Why am I always empty? It's because you are walking in your own power and not in the power of the Holy Spirit. You're not walking with God, you're walking with yourself. You've got God like this. You you got talk to the hand, you know what I'm saying? That's what he's saying. You're saying, I just stay over here. That's all I want of you. I don't want you up here close. I want you in arm's length. Because if you're in arm's length, then I can control the situations around me. Because if I let you get close, then I might have to change. See, the kingdom is here, church. Because of what Jesus did, the kingdom is here. And once you've experienced the kingdom, y'all with me? You with me? Once you experience the kingdom, you can't leave it. People come in and out of church talking about, that church hurt my feelings, this church. Let me tell you, if you love Jesus more than you love the people at church, you you would stay where you are. Y'all ain't ready. We have all these these excuses and we have all these things. We don't realize that that the kingdom is here and we can experience the kingdom of God, church. We can experience God. We can experience him every single day. He's here. All you have to do is, 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 is submit your life to him and, and say, I'm going to follow you, Jesus. I'm going, to, I'm going to submit to you, Jesus. If you say turn left, I'm turning left. If you say turn right, I'm turning right. God, here's the keys to my kingdom in exchange for yours. That's what we have to do, but then we have to, every morning, that's why Jesus says we've got to die to ourselves. Every single morning, we got to get up with that intention of saying, I'm not going to live for me. I'm living for you. You tell me what to do today, God. I'm going to work. Show me who to. Show me what to do. Show me how to live. Show me how to love. Show me what you want me to do today, God. Show me how, what I should do. But so many times we focus on the doing and not the heart behind the doing. that's why church is empty for a lot of people. They come to church to do the work of ministry, but they got the wrong heart while they do those things. They show up and they complain, oh, I got to do this, I got to do that. You ain't got to do nothing. You know what I'm saying? God will supply the need. He wants our hearts right, right? When our hearts are right, everything else is going to work out. When me and Sabrina, when we want to kill each other, most of the time it's when our hearts aren't right. We've allowed life to come in, and and I forgot my first love sometimes. This past weekend, we were stressed out about stuff, different stuff going on, and Saturday, uh, Friday night, we don't argue; we just kind of bicker. She screams, but I, you know, she back it down. You're back here. I'm sorry. I didn't realize you were in here. (laughs) But we were we were bickering back and forth, and and I was just like, finally, I'm just like, this is stupid. She's like, did you call me? I was like, no, I didn't say you were stupid. I said, this is. We got caught up in, the, in, in everything going on and got distracted. And, and instead of looking at the situation, we turned on each other. That's what, that, and that's exactly what happens with God. We look at everything going on around us, and instead of looking at the situation, we, blank, we begin to blame God. And we forget that, that that God's here with us. He said, "I will never leave you nor forsake you." You know, He He's the one. He's there. He will never leave us. A lot of times we feel empty and we feel drained, and we're just like, "Oh, God's left me, No, nah, He had not left you. You just need to go back to where you went away from Him. Amen. And we've been we've heard this a lot. We've we've gone to church a lot. Of most people in this room right now have been churched a lot. We live in the South. We grow up thinking that's where you're supposed to go. So we think going to church is where we experience the kingdom of God. But until you allow God in your heart and you live out of that, you won't experience the kingdom of God. That's why so many people quit because they're not experienced God. They've experienced religion. They've experienced going in and out of of, of something that you're not really pursuing Christ. You're going to make yourself look better because you go to church. See, so many, are look, so many people are looking for something or someone to make them better. I'm going to repeat that. So many people are looking for someone or something to make them better. We can never be good enough, right? Instead of realizing that the only one that's going to make us better is God. See, we want these things. We want to keep who we are, and just attach God to the side of us. We want, we want, we want to, we want to remain who we are, but have God attached to us instead of. So I am who I am, and I've got God, so that it just kind of masks. It's kind, of, it kind of just works everything out. He kind of smooths all my mistakes out. He smooths all my, all everything that I've messed up out. Instead of realizing, He didn't come to be an accessory to your life. He came to be your life. Right. He says he came to give us a new heart, right? He came to give us a new heart. So, to come in the kingdom, when the kingdom, God, when the kingdom of God comes into your life, it gives you a new heart, a new desire, a new passion, a new, you are new, you are different. It's not the old you with, with God on the side. It is a whole new mindset, right? Y'all with me? Well, I know you've heard this, but I'm, I'm just trying to, I'm, I'm trying to preach it to you, let you understand it. Y'all with me? Because it's not about coming and going through the doors. It's about living it every day for Jesus. And that does not happen unless it's really came into your heart and he's renewing your mind. Your mindset's changed. Your direction's changed. All them things are changing. So the kingdom of God, it has came to make us new. It came to make us new. I was with a group of folks not too long ago, and we were talking about some things, and 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 it was it was a group of, of folks that I, that knew me before I knew Jesus, and we were talking, and they were, said something about they were throwing some other Christians under the bus, and I, I just kind of sat there and listened to them for a minute, and, and I was like, man, I don't I don't know, I don't know what their deal is, but all I know is is that God made me different. And they was like, yeah, you are different. I said, okay, I lassoed him right then. I had them. I was like, I I am different. You know why I'm different? Because God made me different. God, God made me new. Like, I'm not the same that I used to be. If I would have been the same person that I always was when I was around them, they would have seen that I was just living a lie. But I had Jesus on Sunday. Oh, this is good. I had Jesus right here, boy. You know, this, this, that's what it's like. Religion is like me being the same person, but I got God right here. I'm carrying him with me. And you can carry your Bible to church. You can carry your Bible to work. You can carry your Bible to home. You can carry your Bible any way you want to carry your Bible. But until this right here gets in this right here, nothing's going to change. God don't want to be an accessory. He's got to be the priority. And it's when this right here Gets into your heart. When it gets right here, that's when things happen. That's when things change. He makes you new. He makes you different. And everybody from that old walk of life, everybody that knew you who you once were, knows that there's something different because of the change, because of the priorities, because of those things. That doesn't happen on your own. When the kingdom of God is inside of you, people take notice. People realize there's something different. That's why Jesus caused such a ruckus then, back in those days. It's because when He showed up, it was so radically different than anything that ever. Ever encountered before because why the kingdom was there and they were seeing God use a man do incredible things. and it's the same thing that can happen today, but we are not walking in the kingdom. And then you go back to the ten lepers, the ten lepers. They're sitting there outside of the town. See, this is significant because to be a leper back in those days, that was an incurable disease. There's no way you were going to get cured of that. Very rarely would people get cured of that. It was was ugly. It was nasty. People could tell you had it from a long ways off. And And it was so highly contagious that they made them stay in their own little village way out there. And so they, sell, they, they heard Jesus was coming. Mm. Read your Bible, you'll understand this. But between, chapter, between verses 10 and 11 and chapter 17, that's where the miracle of, of um, Lazarus happened, okay? So, so, so Jesus raised the dead, right? He raises Lazarus from the dead, and then he's walking up into this little town outside of Galilee, and these lepers have heard what Jesus just, just did evidently, and they're like, if he can raise the dead, then for sure he can fix my skin disease. So to hear about the power of God, and he's coming into their midst, and they're just screaming out to him because they couldn't go to him. they was like, Master, Jesus, heal us. What did Jesus do? Jesus didn't say, well, come here, let me get the oil, let me lay my hands on you. No, he knew. He said, all right, go to the priest. Go to the priest and show themselves you're being clean. He healed them. And the moment they turned in faith, he healed them. See, in those days, the process, if you had a skin disorder, if you had a skin disease, if something like that happened, in order for you to get restored back into society, is you had to first go show yourself to the priest. You had to first go show yourself to the priest and say, look, I'm clean, I'm clean. And then the priest would, would say, all right, if you're if you're clean in seven more days, come back to me in seven more days. And if you're clean, then I will restore you back into society. And then you had to, once you came back on the seventh day, then you went through the ritual, you did sacrifices to get yourself back in to the system. To, they were see, the nine that were healed and didn't come back, they were Jewish. They knew the process. They knew that, all right, for me to get back into society, for me to truly be healed, not only does it have to look like it, but I have to go and get affirmation through these priests. But the one, the Samaritan, that had no idea of this system, that had no idea of this religious system, the moment he turned, the moment that he was healed, he looked and he realized, I've been this way for I don't know how long, and now I am healed. He turned. He didn't, he didn't worry about going to the priest. He turned and went to the one that healed him. He said, why well, go to the priest that can't do nothing for me, that sent me out here on the outside of darkness so that I can just be in misery the rest of my life. Why don't I turn around and go back to the one that healed me? And that one, he ran back to, runs back to Jesus, praising Jesus, and he's, and he's just praising him, and he's laying, he lays at his feet, and he just worships Jesus because he realized that the religious system was empty. There was no power in that because there was power in that. That priest could have healed him, right? So that he turns around he's like, the only person, the only, the only one that's ever been able to heal me, the only one that's ever been able to give me peace, the only one that's ever been able to, to give me comfort, he just gave that to me. I'm going to go back to him. I'm not worried about this system. And so many times, we as the church, we turn to religion, we turn to this system. We want to go through the motions and instead of turning to Jesus. Instead of turning things over to Him, I don't know how many times I've heard people say, well, if I can just go to church in the morning. No, let me tell you something. Your situation can get better right now if you just turn your life over to God, if you just turn your situation over to God, if you just turn your problem over to God. But see, we think that we can go to church, and church is going to change it. Church don't change nothing. It's your heart that changes. Coming to church is, is what God... When we come, you come into, into an environment where there's like-minded people and you're praising God. Yes, powerful things can happen, but it can happen right there at your doorstep on Friday afternoon. We've got to realize that there's more to this than just just coming to a building. It's about living a life full of the Spirit and pursuing Jesus Christ every single day. And see, if we're not careful, we turn into the 99. 99, we turn into the nine. We turn into those people that are ungrateful for the sacrifice. We we turn into those people that are ungrateful for the healing. See, God's given us this precious gift. He's healed all of us. He's given us an opportunity for salvation. Amen? And when we accept that gift of salvation, when we say, God, I want to follow you, we we commit to him. We say we're going to follow him. See, evidence of that is how we Follow him, right? Not our church attendance, but we think that that if we go to church, if we go read our Bible, if we go, even if we go to connect group faithfully, like that puts us good on the priority list of Christ. Like that puts us in with God. And he's like, you can still do those things empty. Y'all with me? I can go to church for the wrong reasons. I can be empty. I can. How many times I came to church drunk and I left church drunk? I ain't talking about it in the spirit neither. I'm talking about drunk. Because I was still hung over from the night before. I was going for the wrong reasons. I was going because it made me look good. It was going because of all these different things. Even though you do the right things for the wrong reasons, it don't make it right. It's all about the heart in which you do it. And see, God's telling us that the only way that we can truly be the people he's called us to be, the only way we can truly be the church he's called us to be, that if we are men and women walking with the influence of the kingdom of God inside of us every single day. And if we're walking in that, we're grateful for God, and we turn to him, and we're like, God, I'll do what you want me to do. God, I praise you. I want to just spend time with you. When's the last time you got up in the morning, and you just wanted to spend time with Jesus? When's the last time you would call in sick, be like, you know what, God, you know what, you know what? This, this, this Bible reading, God, you speaking to me so much, I don't even want to go to work today. When was the last time that happened? Most of the time it's like, all right, deuces. We'll see you later, God. I'll see you when I get back home. It's because it's routine, it's not hunger it's not desire, it's not desperation and see that one that came back he had realized that he was trying to find a cure, he was trying to get healed for so many different reasons, so many different places, he, he, was, he was out there as an outcast he, nobody would have anything to do with him, he was alone he was in misery and he realized the only one that could heal him, the only one that did heal him, the only one that came through was Christ and so when that happened he turned back to Christ instead of turning to all this system, he, he didn't want to go through the whole process. He said, why go through the process when I've got the king right here? Amen? You know, and I love this because Jesus told him, he said, go to the priest. And he could have healed them right then and them not have to go to the priest. But see, when he, when, when he told him, hey, go to the priest, it was to say, hey, do you have faith in me? Right? Do you have faith in me? See, when God often tells us to go do something, it's not because He wants us to do something. It's for us to show that we have faith in what He's telling us to do. When, when God, when we, so many times we don't, I've heard people say they didn't want to come to salvation in Christ because of all the things they were going to have to let go of. All things they going to have to stop doing. And you know what I realized is, is when I got saved, when I started following Christ, like it wasn't about the things I was going to walk away from. I just started following Jesus, and guess what started happening? All that stuff fell apart. All that stuff fell off off of me because I was focused more on Christ than I was all this other stuff because I had the kingdom of God here. The Holy Spirit was here. And when he said, Jeremy, don't do this, Jeremy didn't do it. When he said, Jeremy, go, go here, Jeremy went there. Why? Well, because I didn't—I I, I didn't have a seminary education. I hadn't anything. I was just listening to the voice of God and doing what He says. It's that simple. But we complicate it. We make it to be able to share the gospel. You got to—you got to be a Christian for so many months, and you got to be able to do this. You got to be able to do that. Man, uh-uh. When you're full of God, you're full of God. When you're following Jesus, you're following Jesus. And I was telling people about Jesus on the Tuesday after I got saved on the Sunday. Y'all with me? Nobody didn't take me through no crash course of evangelism. I just went telling people what God did in my life. You don't have to to tell me. God didn't have to say, come down from heaven in a a cloud and say, Jeremy, forgive your neighbor. No, it was just just something that flowed through me when I I had compassion for people I didn't have compassion for before. It was just one of those things. When you have the, the Holy Spirit living inside of you, those things drop off. That, that's something that religion can't give you. That's something that Sunday morning church attendance can't give you. It's, it's only through the power of the Spirit inside of you that they can free you from those things. Y'all with me? And so often we, we, we respond that way. And I, I just, as I look back, I wonder why the Samaritan responded the way he did. Why did he run back? Because he was so thankful for him. Could, could you honestly say that your lifestyle shows that you're thankful for the sacrifice of Jesus? Are you thankful for him? Oh, we can say we are. But the way we love other people, the way we extend grace to other people, the way we care for other people, the way we, the way we love God, the way we obey God, does it show that we're grateful for the sacrifice that he made for us? Often it doesn't. It. Often we're self-centered, self-conceited people. They're just doing life the way we want to do life. And if Jesus fits in the box, okay. If he don't, okay. Going to church Sunday, chick. You know what I'm saying? So many times we're just like the 99 they are so ungrateful. See, they, they, were, they were looking at following a system. They're looking to go into this religious system. that They were more focused on, all right, I've got to go do this, this, and this in order to be clean, when the Samaritan realized that all he had to do was follow Jesus and he'd be clean. See, we always think that this system of religion that we call Christianity, it's got a bunch of different names, Baptist, Methodist, Pentecostal. We've... we've, We've characterized it in all these different things of that this form of religion will save you. Those forms of religion won't save you. It's only through the power of the Holy Spirit that moves inside of you that saves you. Amen? And I don't care what religion, you, what, what denomination, I don't care, any of that stuff. None of that matters if you're not following Jesus, you're not, if you're not covered by the blood of Christ, if you're not walking in unity with the Holy Spirit. It don't matter what denomination. It don't matter what you claim. Jesus is the one that makes the way. Jesus is the one that changes your way. Jesus is the one that makes everything different. He's the alpha, the omega, the beginning, the end, the first, and the last. Are all with me? The buck stops with Jesus. And if he's not in the center of our life, I don't care how much church attendance we go. I don't care what, what we do. If we're doing things out of emptiness, it doesn't change a thing. He wants your heart, right? See, following a system is easy. Following a system is easy. But, but following Christ means you have to be selfless. You have to die to you. You have to die to, my, to, to your desires. And that's hard for us. It's hard for me. Is it hard for anybody in here? It's hard. It's hard to die to what you want. But the only way you will die to what you want is unless you realize he knows better. You realize that you are walking with, in, with when you've got the kingdom of God inside of you, you've got the Holy Spirit inside of you and He's speaking to you, then you know that He knows better. You know that He knows better. And when He tells you to do something and you do something different then next time you know that He knew better last time with the mess you just made. Y'all with me? Y'all looking at me like I'm the one to make messes up here, but some of y'all need to look in the mirror. You know, as, as I look at the 99 nine, I'm sorry. I'm thinking about all them lost people, I'm telling you. I think about the nine. The excuses that they probably gave, why they didn't turn back. Why, 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 why they didn't turn back and run back and thank Jesus for their healing? Why they didn't thank Jesus for, for that miracle? Why they didn't turn back? And I got to thinking, you know, a lot of times their excuses, they got what they wanted. They were selfish people. They, 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 all they saw Jesus for, not for being the Messiah, but they saw him for the one that could ease their pain. I don't know how many people that just come to Jesus when they need something. I don't know how many people just, just, just cry out when they need something, but then when they're through this little season of testing, when they're through the pain, they forget all about him. They're ungrateful just like the nine. I think the excuse they gave was about... They were looking at this system of doing, and they thought that doing made them right before God. If I go do these things, I'm right before God. They were just they, that their whole mindset was was crippled by what they did instead of who they were. You know, and it's not if you're not careful, we turn into that today. Modern day Christianity is all about doing instead of following. Y'all with me? And Satan has got that crept into the church, and you think that you you got to do do do, and, and it's not that. It's if you're following Christ, you'll you'll do out of the heart of, of loving Christ. That's why some of people burn out in ministry because they're doing things with the wrong motives. So, so they looked at the system to give them relevance. They looked at the system to, call, to, to give them significance, and they, and they and instead of looking at Jesus, he gave them temporary healing, he thought, and they were going to go to the system to make it everlasting. You know, that system's broken. You know, this re- the religious system is broken. Y'all with me? It's a broken system. We can, we can put some initials on We can call it BS. It's a broken system. Some of y'all are like, can you say that in church? I, I didn't. I'd say some initials. Y'all get your mind out of the gutter. But anyhow... It's a broken system, it is. And and if we're not careful, we'll fall into that broken system and we'll think about this system sanctifies me, This, this system saves me, this system gets me right before God. And we end up falling into this system and we're not walking in unity with the Holy Spirit. We're not doing things for the Holy Spirit. We're not following God out of this passionate relationship. We're doing things to make ourselves feel good about what we're doing instead of pursuing God. And that's not what it's about. To a look at these nine that didn't turn back to Christ. I, I imagine one of their excuses was, you know, I've been out here in this dark place for a long time. I, I, I've lost money. I've, I've lost time with my family. I, I've lost all this stuff. i got to get back to life as normal. i got to get back into, into life. I've got all this time. So they let time allow them to, to not, not turn back and come to Christ. I, I'll come back and find him later. Right now, i got to get back to my life. How many of us allow time, how many of us allow time to rob us of our relationship with Jesus? How about family? Oh, I've I've been out here in this place for a long time. I got to, my family, I haven't seen my family in forever. I got to get back and spend time with my family. How many of us allow our families to rob us of being, our families are a blessing of God, right? Our families are a blessing. But sometimes we allow our families to be a stumbling block for us to get closer to Christ because we elevate them higher than we elevate Jesus. And the very blessing of a family that God's given us has become an idol in our life, and all our time and our energy is invested in our family instead of instead of invested in the kingdom of God. And our families are important. I know that. And I'm telling you, it is so easy for me to look at that little boy at 11 o'clock at night, and he's like a crazy person like wanting to party till it's two in the morning and I'm like son we got to go to bed because daddy's got to spend time with God and he's like he's wide open and I have to I have to realize some days I have to let him cry and I gotta go upstairs for I can spend time with Christ I can spend time with God but oftentimes we 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 just we we focus so much on our families to where we, we put off God we put off things that he's asked us to do we put off spending time with him because of our families. I got to think of another thing. Of, of, they've, been, they've been exiled for so long. They've been out in the wilderness for so long. They've been looked at as outcasts for so long that they were finally excited to get back into society. To get back into, into social class. They Get back to where they were at. So many times our social class, so many times our friends, the people that we hang out with, all that stuff dictates if we follow Christ or not. It dictates if we walk in the Spirit or not. How many of you can honestly say that the the current friends you have right now, the current current, um, circle that you're walking in right now, that you can walk and share the gospel with them, that you can live a life centered on the gospel and still be in friendship with them? the reason why a lot of times what kept my mouth shut from sharing the gospel with my friends was I was scared that I would be alone I was scared that if I would really be who God had made me that they wouldn't want me I felt like that if I was truly real with what God doing in my life and the people that I thought were going to be with me through thick and thin would disown me until I realized that Jesus was greater until I realized that Jesus meant more than anything until I realized that he was the best thing ever I could be who I was in front of him and you know what I started doing I started tep- taking those steps of faith and I, I started when God would tell me to share share my testimony with this friend in the boat we in the boat that he can't get out right I'm, I'm telling him about Christ and, and it gets easier and easier and, and until, until one night we was at Coleman's Lake and, and I was with all, all of my old crew and we were hanging out and, and I began to tell every one of them why I wasn't drinking and I began to share what God had done in my life and it was hilarious to me because I was so scared that they would disown me but then I found myself in the corner by myself and I was okay with it because guess who was with me? It was me and Jesus in the corner at Coleman's Lake. You know what I'm saying? It was just me and him because I had found my fulfillment in Christ and not in anything else. My fulfillment was not in anything but Jesus. And when your fulfillment is in Christ, when you realize that the kingdom of God is inside of you, when you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, there's, it gives you a peace and a boldness that you never had before. But see, we always out, we look we look past that, and we we so we become so ungrateful for what God has done. The kingdom is here, church. Jesus bled and died on the cross so that we could have access to the kingdom of God. He didn't say everyone would have it. He said those who believe, trust, and follow me. Right? We have a gift, a precious gift of the Holy Spirit that God gives to those of us that are saved. And, that, and they're truly saved, that are walking with him. When he gives us that gift so that we can walk in power and unity with him. So we can experience the kingdom everywhere we go. If it was about going to church, guess what? There would, there would have been no need for Jesus to come and die. The system's broken, but Jesus is not. And until we truly give our lives and surrender those things to Him, nothing's going to change. The one that came back to Jesus, he truly saw Jesus for who He was, not for just who the healing, not just the healing. He saw Him for who He was. I had a brother, a pastor friend of mine, he said he went to go pray for a guy. He was 33 years old. He had a stroke. He said that his family said, come pray for him. He may die. So he, he goes and he, he, he takes his anointing oil. He, he said, us pastors, we want to pray healing over people. He said he walked up in there fixing to pray for God to heal this man. And he said he went to to put the oil on his hand, says God spoke to him. He says, Do not pray for his healing. And I'm like, Man, it's kind of I, I can't, it just got just got real to me. Because God's a gracious God, right? God wants God wants us to suffer, right? And so so why wouldn't that man, God want the man to be healed? And, and so he he said, God, why? He said, God spoke to him right in the hospital bed. He said, if you heal this man right now, he don't know me. And if you heal him right now, he'll get the healing. He will receive the healing, but he will be ungrateful for the healing, and he will be worse off than before. And my brother, pray, broke him. And he prayed over the man. He prayed for salvation. He spent four more days with that man, and he led the man to Christ. And two days later, the man died. The man was healed right man was healed so many of us God's given us these blessings God's given us these blessings and we squandered them we're not we're, God's healed us of certain things I mean God's God's done all these amazing things in our life but yet we've squandered them these blessings he's given us we've been ungrateful for and he's given us these blessings to show us his power to bring us closer to him amen See, he saw Jesus for who he was, not that he was the man that could fix his problems, but he was the Savior that that loved him enough to come down from heaven and save him of his sins so he could be in the right relationship with God. That was worth turning back and laying at his feet for. Jesus meant more to him than any kind of system. See, that Samaritan, he never, ever, ever been in the presence of a priest, he was. They were. They were. They were just pushed off. They. they were not acceptable to the Jewish people. They were. They were kind of outcast. So the, the Samaritan didn't know anything about that system. So instead of running that way, he ran to Jesus. I've told people a thousand times: someone that has never been to church in their life, they show up, the church, and the Holy Spirit touches them. They're saved and radically transformed, just like that. God gets a hold of them, but somebody that's been to church, and they've been through Sunday school, and they've been through vacation Bible school, and they have a knowledge of God, but yet they haven't surrendered their life to Christ. It's harder for them to let go of the system and grab on to Jesus than someone that had never encountered it before, and that's what's so scary, because some of many of us are marred down by this system that leaves us empty instead of holding on to the kingdom of God and saying, God, use me. God, God, I want you more than See, I think the Samaritan, he was, able to, to, he was able to accept this love and this mercy that Jesus gave him because he had never, ever been accepted by anybody else before. Would you really back up when you think about the love that Jesus had, the mercy that Jesus has on us? I mean, he knew. He knew, he knew us. right? He knows everything you think. He knows the thoughts you had last night. He knows the thoughts you had about choking Kyle last night. He knows those things. He, he knows the thoughts that we had. He knows the, the tendencies that we have. He knows the evil in our heart, but yet he chose us anyway. You with me? He, he loves us anyway. He loved you enough to come down from heaven and to, to, to die on a cross so that you would not, not that he would make you love him, but if you have an opportunity to love him. Woo, that's love right there. That's, that's that's worth that's love worth fighting for. That's love worth committing your life for, right there. You know what religion will do? Religion will look down their nose at you and say you're not good enough. But Jesus is standing there with his hand saying, Come on, son, get up. You know, as I read this, I'm and we're fixing the clothes, but as I read this text and as we've been reading through this reading plan, I want you to, to filter through these questions as you read through these things. But as I read this text, when I ask myself, who is God? This question, I, I begin to think as I read this text that He is a God shown clearly in Christ. That He's, He's graceful, He's merciful, He's, He shows pity upon us. He has authority. That He restores all people. I serve a God that is all about restoring you back to the right relationship with Him. He's a connector. I love that. He, 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 he shows people. He shows people how they missed the point. That's what he was showing those, those religious people. He was showing those lepers. He said, you've missed the point. Well, the, the nine that left, you've missed the point. It's not, not about the healing. It's about me. He's a God that reveals those things. He says, when I ask myself, who am I? I look at it and I realize that I'm like the leper that I'm dirty, that I'm unclean, that I'm an outcast from God, but God restores me back to himself. But see, those Jewish lepers, they missed the point, and they thought that they were being restored back to a form of religion, to be accepted in society. When I, when I ask myself, what has God done through this text? It makes me realize that God didn't just take their leprosy away, that he sends them to a priest to completely restore them back to the community. He, he's all back about, about restoring. He's it's all, it's all about bringing back into the right relationship. And when I read it and I ask myself, who have I become after reading this? I realize that I, I am a man that is cleansed, that is restored into a relationship with Jesus. See, when you read Scripture, read Scripture through that filter so that you can actually walk away knowing how to apply it to your life, not just sitting down reading it to get a check on the box. See, they were all cleansed. They all had faith. But see, that one came back to God. And I'm going to close on that. And I'm going to ask you a real hard question. Is could you really say, if you can say beyond a shadow of a doubt, that that you are a man or a woman that, that is walking in the presence of the kingdom every day. If you're a man or woman that is pursuing the kingdom of God every day, are you? Are you that? Don't, don't say don't say that because you're here. Don't say that because you brought your Bible. But but are you? Do, do, you, do you feel the, the Holy Spirit prompting you? Do you do you experience God? Are you are you walking in unity with God? Or do you have that joy? Do you do you love other people? Are you pursuing Him? if you can't answer that question, then I challenge you. Throw so half in and half out. It's either I all the way love Jesus or I don't love Him at all. Are you carrying Jesus with you, or is He inside of you? If you can't, if you if you say, Jeremy, look, I'm telling you that I'm 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 kind of like those nine. That I, know that, I, that I know that God's given us this precious gift of salvation. I may have prayed a long time ago, but I'm not walking in that. I, I, I'm not grateful for his sacrifice. And I, I really need to, to really truly submit my life to him. That I, I may be carrying him with me, but I'm just carrying religion. I'm not, I'm not carrying Jesus. He's not the center of my life. He's not everything in me. He's not the everything that, me, that matters to me. He's not the most important thing to me. I need to give my life to him so that he can be, so that he can give me strength. If that's you today and you truly need to surrender your life to Christ, for real this time, raise your hand so we can celebrate and we can take with your next steps. Amen. Anybody? Anybody else? Anybody else? Going to close out. I'm gonna ask the, uh, the worship team to come forward. But as we begin to sing, and as I read this text, I just—it breaks my heart. The more I think about it, remember when I said earlier about the church buildings being the same for the last 40 years? You know, church buildings stay the same because the people do. I ain't throwing shade on nobody. I'm just being real. If we're growing, if we're following Christ, if people are, 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 are see a change in us and we're being the vessels God's calls to be, if we are walking in the light, and if we are experiencing the kingdom of God with us every single day, that's like drawing moths to a flame. People want to know what you have, that they don't. What happened in the book of Acts is the power of the Spirit was there, and God added to their numbers daily. Churches grow when people grow. Churches die when people remain the same. And the choice is ours. Either we can be the vessel God's called us to be, we can be the light to those around us, or we can stand still. We can be that grateful leper that ran back to Christ and and wanted to serve Him with all his heart, or we can be the nine that was all about themselves beautiful part of that is God gives us the choice to choose. He gives all of us the opportunity right now to decide for ourselves what we want. So as we respond, what's God telling you? If you will stand. Father God, we come to you right now. And God, I ask you to move in our hearts. And God, you would convict us. You would, God, you would show us where we're falling. That that God, I pray you would remind us that you're a God that restores. God, I pray that for those of us in this room, that those people that, that that God, we, we started off on the right track, but God, we've got we got sidetracked. God, you're a God that that restores. You're a God that redeems. I pray, Father, that You would reach down and, and, and touch touch us, Lord, so that we would respond to Your call, for Your call of mercy, Your call to grace. That God, we wouldn't be ungrateful for Your sacrifice. We wouldn't be ungrateful for what You've done. That we would realize that Your kingdom is right here to be grasped, and that we should be vessels, Lord, living that out and showing those around us that Your kingdom has come. Father, I pray, God, that you would supernaturally change all of our hearts. And, God, that you would give us a new focus, give us, give us a new direction, Father. God, I pray against the religious spirit that is in our country today, God. I pray against it in the name of Jesus. And I pray, God, you would loose your people from it. I pray, God, that you would allow us, God, to experience you in a powerful way. That we would realize that you're greater. We would realize that you're more powerful. We realize that you're more fulfilling than anything that this world can offer, God. I pray, Father, for men and women that love you. I pray, God, for men and women, God, that are desperate for you. I pray, God, for men and women that are willing to to leave and forsake everything for you, God. Lord, I pray that you would make yourself so real to us today that we can't sit still. We can't hold back the tears. We can't hold back our praise. God, we ask you to